As mentioned previously, we are Stardust. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and I understand things happen. Things happen in your life. There's stuff that's going on for you right now. And there's things that are going to happen soon. And then later, there's stuff that has happened previously. And the important thing to remember is that everything that happens has been 14 billion years in the making. And for some of those things, you have an opinion. Because it's happening in your neighborhood personally. It's happening in the world around you where you can become aware of it or be focused on it. And we have an opinion about it. And that's something that's really interesting about the opinion that we have is that that's ours. Our opinion of the moment is completely ours. And we get to have preferences. We get to understand that I like having these sorts of things and I don't like having those sorts of things. But there's an interesting tendency that we have as humans to personalize everything to think that it's happening to us personally or it's all about us. And of course, with our conscious awareness, it's us in here it's paying attention to all of these things that are happening. We were talking about this uh, a bit last week. Um, and the same story is, it continues. So, and uh, I'll make a dog story. So if you, somebody had a childhood experience with a dog, let's say they got bitten by a dog, then they're going to have a the possibility of a fearful reaction whenever they come in contact with the dog because what gets triggered is the memory of the dog bite and dogs are dangerous, don't want to have anything to do with the dog. If, on the other hand, the person had an experience with the dog where they were snuggling and they had a really lovable, wonderful relationship, it was their, it was their, their, their best companion, then there will be a tendency later in life to encounter a dog and get echoes of that joyous feeling and that joyous experience. And I say that and you go, well, duh, you know, that's just the way things work. Why are you pointing that out? And it's because it has nothing to do with the dog. <laughs> it has to do with our experience with the dog and what we're bringing back from our past experience with the dog. It doesn't matter if the dog that we're encountering as an adult today or tomorrow is a snugly, joyous, wonderful, well-behaved dog or is a snarly, nasty, um, difficult-to-manage dog. What's getting brought up for us is the story that we have from previously. We personalize it. We make this moment about a previous moment, and we reenact the previous moment. And we don't have to do that. So uh, it was a wonderful story about how we uh, all came from the stars, that uh, from Neil deGrasse Tyson. And the, the class we're teaching now is uh, from the book Living Untethered by Michael Singer. And I'm going to read a portion of what he wrote about creation stories. He writes, People make such a big deal out of science versus God, as if the two are at odds with each other. The real problem is that people don't truly believe in either. If you believe that science explains the creation of all things, you would live your life with the constant awareness that everything you're interacting with is emanating from the quantum field, pulling itself together into atoms and molecules, then appearing as the form before you. You would not like it or dis dislike it. You would be in awe of it. Likewise, if you really believed God was the creator of all things, you would live in awe and appreciation of the marvel of divine creation. You would not like it or dislike it. You would be blown away that it even exists. Everything that exists everywhere has been here since the beginning. Everything has been here changed form since the very beginning of time. And I'm going to tell a little bit of a story about how that came to be. Um, and along the way, you might say, Bill, who cares? 
and that's okay. So just just bear with me. So there was the Big Bang, and it was this tiny little pinhead, this maybe the size of an atom, uh, was the singularity. And from that, when it began exploding or expanding, came all of the energy and all of the matter, everything that exists in the universe. That's all of the galaxies, all of the planets, everything was in that one explosion. And when it first happened, it was pure energy. It was plasma. It was just energy. There was, there was so much energy, so much radiation that, that nothing else could exist. And that went on for hundreds of millions of years. And eventually it started to cool down enough so that some subatomic particles could start to form. And when they did that, there were protons, positively charged, and electrons, negatively charged. And because of the electromagnetic attraction, they started being attracted to each other. And when you have one electron and one, uh, uh, one proton, they, the atom that they form is hydrogen. So started getting a little hydrogen atoms and more and more and more of them. And that's basically all that was getting formed until there were huge clouds of hydrogen that were filling up the universe. That's all there was. All of this energy was cooling down to the point where there was hydrogen. And I think I mentioned that everything has been here since the beginning of time. And that's true whether we understand it or not. Hydrogen has been the first element that was created and humans discovered it in 1766. It had been there the entire time, but we discovered it in 1766. Another thing that's been here since the beginning of time is gravity. So there's these little hydrogen atoms, which are it's the lightest element, but they still have enough mass that gravity could start working and they started pulling towards each other. And they pulled together and they clumped together and they got together and that gravitational force eventually was enough to cause them to form a fusion reaction. So they would actually fuse two hydrogen atoms and it would release huge amounts of energy and create a helium atom, which is the next lightest one. <clears throat> and that basically is what a star is. A star is hydrogen atoms fusing, letting off lots of heat, lots of light. And by the way, we have a star, a sun, that's uh, doing exactly the same thing. It warms us up even on a cool days like today. And it keeps on having those fusion reactions, creating more and more energy and more and more helium as the star glows and glows and glows and glows. And eventually the star runs out of hydrogen and the hydrogen fusion reaction, which has been keeping all the pieces moving, uh, dies off and the hydrogen gas expands and it becomes a, a red giant star. And because the stirring isn't going on anymore, the helium gets to sink together because again, gravity, another one of those things that's been here since the very beginning of time. The helium gets pulled together gravitationally and it starts to fuse. And another fusion reaction happens there and explosions and then it settles again. And then other elements are created through different elements that have been created, fusing and expanding and so forth. And that keeps on going until we get to the 26th heaviest element that there is, which is iron. Yes. This is the periodic table of elements, okay? And hydrogen is all the way up here in the top corner, which we discovered in 1766. And iron is down here. And that's the, that's the heaviest one that will be created by a fusion reaction because there's not enough gravity in the star to pull together anymore to, to make um, iron fuse. So then what happens? 
Well, then the star collapses in on itself and it creates a supernova. And that's a really huge explosion. I mean, the stuff that we're talking about previous has been really huge explosions, but that happens and there's so much energy that when the, 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 the star collapses on itself that it can fuse and create the other elements. The human body is made up of oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, carbon, calcium, and phosphorus, and a bunch of other stuff. The only place those were ever created was in a star. That is the only source of those elements. So when we say we are stardust, it's not a, like a romantic theoretical thing. We are stardust. The carbon, the nitrogen, the hydrogen, the oxygen in our bodies came from the stars. They are nuclear furnaces that are creating those elements and cranking them out. And it's all been there since the very beginning. All of the energy, all of the matter in the universe has been in existence since the Big Bang. Now it's changing form. It started out as pure energy and it's turned into matter and it's turning back into energy again. And those, those reactions that keep on going on. But it is, and that's the reason that we can say that we're one. It's all one. Everything came from that source. Everything came from the Big Bang and all of the complications and permutations and complexities that we're experiencing in day-to-day -day life are ways that that is unfolding and interacting upon itself. So then there's the, the question of consciousness. Where did consciousness come from? Well, consciousness was inherent in the Big Bang. It had to be because there's nothing else that it could have come from. So as this complexity of life begins to or continues to unfold, consciousness and intelligence and creativity come into our experience. We didn't invent them any more than we invented hydrogen in 1766. We just discovered it and started making use of it. Our bodies are those chemicals. Our mind is the place where thoughts exist. And it's entirely an inside job. So when things happen, we can have a preference about the things that are happening. We can have a trigger that's going on from our childhood and have the dog experience be either a happy one or an unhappy one based on our prior conditioning. But when the dog walks down the street now, it's not about us. It's about what's happening with the dog. That's what's happening in the moment. And we can be attached to what happened to us in the past or not. And interestingly, when we're attached to what happened in the past, there are two different ways that we can do it. We can be resistant to it. We're pushing it away. And when we're really resistant to something, we're ducking it. We are actively changing our life and our, our life experience around to avoid that situation. And we call that trauma because we're bringing up old things that have happened to us. Or it can be an enjoyable experience where we really like to have that again, and that's clinging. So we're either leaning into something or leaning away from something. But in any case, what we're doing is we are letting our past experience and our preferences control the experience that we're having right now. The term for not being resistant or not being in clinging is being mindful, where we can be aware of what's going on, but not attached to what's going on. Oh, Bill, that's really easy to say. That's so easy for you. It just rolls right off your tongue. <laughs> that's so simple. Just mindfulness. It's just being aware of what's going on without being attached. That's the whole ballgame. That is the whole ballgame for us, to be aware of where we are in the periodic table and where we are in the experience we're having of life and have, and have something come along. And even if we know that we had a bad experience with a dog as a child, instead of bringing up all that 
emotion from our childhood, we can have a we can have we can adjust our actions for right now. I'm not going to go over and pet that dog because I don't tend to like doing those sorts of things. But it's not out of a fear or resistance. It's not running up towards the dog and saying, "Oh, I have to I have to be in contact with it." We get to make some choices for ourselves. In the Four Agreements, Don Miguel had uh, a couple that relate directly to this. One of the agreements is don't take anything personally. And again, this is a 14 billion year long program that is continuing to unfold. Everything that happened for 14 billion years in galaxies far, far away obviously have nothing to do with you. And so the tiny percentage of things that are in your awareness also likely don't have anything to do with you other than your experiencing them. So don't, don't take it personally. It's happening, but it's not happening because of you. It's just happening near you. The other one, the other agreement is don't make assumptions. And that's, that's the one that's really powerful. If we make an assumption that something is happening because of something that we're taking personally, then game on. We can make it all about us. We can make it all about the prior traumas that we had. And we can do that. We are free to do that. We just don't have to. So when we're doing prayer work, and this is something that as practitioners, uh, a lot of times somebody's coming to us and they're very agitated because there's an illness in the family or because there's a financial hardship or it's a, a change in a relationship or there's a something that's going on. And one of the things that we can always pray for is peace of mind. Because whatever that agitation is, whatever that event that has happened, it's causing us to be upset. And if we can have the same activity going on and not be as upset about it, if we can have peace of mind, we can come to that place of emotional and, uh, and intellectual uh, equilibrium. We can be in a more settled place. Then we're taking our attachment away from the thing that's going on. We're not taking it personally. We're understanding that it's not necessarily about us. We can invite in peace of mind. In fact, in a lot of the prayer works we do, um, there's peace of mind gets requested so often that we have just abbreviated when we're taking down notes. It's a POM, a P-O-M, peace of mind. And remember that. And by the way, I brought my POMs. So you can cheer for yourself. You can remind yourself at any moment that peace of mind is available. We don't necessarily have to take things personally. You can cheer. You can say yippee and yay. You can have peace of mind because it's not about you. You don't have to take it personally. Pema Chodron wrote, if we learn to open our hearts, anyone, including the people who drive us crazy, can be our teacher. Yay. So the invitation for you, for all of us, is to remember that we are stardust. We are star stuff. We are that oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, carbon, calcium, phosphorus, and other elements that all came from stars, all manufactured by stars, and then blown out into space to let the forces of gravity pull it together, bring it into a planet Earth, and then allow life to evolve, and civilization to unfold, and things to be the way that they are. And we can invite those experiences to be joyous and harmonious, and uplifting, and positive, and engaging, and if we find ourselves faced with a challenge, we can open ourselves to the possibility that this challenge is actually bringing something new for us. By the way, how many of the bad things that have happened in your life turn out to have been a gift? How many of the things that you tried to run away from wound up running back? 
I was just thinking that uh, in my younger days, there were actually three different opportunities that Dean and I had to meet. And the universe kept on pushing us together <laughs> until finally we met. So there was an opportunity to meet at college and we weren't going to the same college at the same time. There was an opportunity for me to take a job in the, in the Philly area and I turned that one down. And then I got another irresistible job offer to come to Philadelphia and she was back in school at that point. And that's how we met. The universe will come back around. If it's yours to learn, if it's yours to do, if it's yours to have, you'll have it. And if it doesn't have anything to do with you, you can let go of it. And if you let go of the thought that it's happening to you personally because you're being blamed or punished or rewarded, then you might miss the point. Don't make assumptions and don't take things personally. Invite in some peace of mind. In fact, go onto Amazon and order yourself a couple of pom-poms because they're a wonderful reminder. It's impossible to hold pom-poms and not smile. <laughs> so give yourself a great big cheer because you deserve it. You are stardust. You are wonderful. You are golden. And so it is.